All right, Bernie, I think it hit you last week when I said, welcome to episode 14. And uh, it, it hit me this week when I was typing in to uh, get us going here on the on the Internet. Episode 15. 15 weeks this so far. That's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, is this crazy? I mean, feels, yeah. I mean, and I guess it's because we're still kind of figuring out our show kind of as we go. But yeah. 15 weeks. That's that's insane. I know. I know. Well, cheers. Cheers to 15. And, yeah, man. And many Way to more. go. All right. So you had a big week. You actually took some time off. I didn't even know you were leaving. Well, I guess you said you told me, but apparently I wasn't listening. So I'll take the <laughs> <back> for that. <laughs> but uh, you got a chance to go to New York. What was it I like? did. You know, it's New York. Um, Julie's, uh, one of her good friends she used to work with is a native New Yorker. Yeah. You know, lives on the Upper West Side. We stayed with her, you know, just kind of just did the New York thing, even though I kind of wanted to nerd out. We went to the uh, natural history museum, which was awesome. I mean, I could have stayed in there for yeah. hours upon hours. I mean, we were there probably for three hours and it felt like, you know, you can't even get to everything you want. But then we went and saw a couple shows. Uh, actually we went to where the upright citizens brigade, a little improv uh, group used to have their uh, theater. And then, nice. We actually went to a podcast, oddly enough, uh, Jason Bateman from Ozark and Will Arnett, actor, and then Sean Hayes, who was on Will and Grace. Yes. I guess, I guess they have their own podcast that's gotten kind of famous, and they actually did a live kind of taping of it. Uh, Sean is hilarious. Oh, yeah. His, it was, his character, just, just Jack. Yeah. And Will and uh, Grace. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was so, he was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So they had their, the taping of theirs and the... Uh, the Congresswoman from New York, AOC, she was one of the guests, and Bradley Cooper was one of the guests. And so they came oh my out. Gosh. And it was just, it was cool. It wasn't what you think, though. I mean, it was it was really like they had one kind of large couch and then two chairs and like a rug, right, in the center of this giant theater on, on you know. And so they're just kind of doing their thing, and it was just like you and I, man, just sitting here talking. And they, their guests came out and they talked about. Some relevant issues. Obviously, New York is a very different place. Yeah. Right. So their issues are just different than the average person's in America. But uh, it was right. it was fun. It was interesting. It was interesting to see how kind of informal it was because you know Jason Bateman's just sitting there, starts pulling out these pieces of paper from his pocket. You know, it's not like a you know a prepared you know, page or anything like that. He's literally got like post-its that he's bringing out of his pocket to ask questions. And it was, yeah. you know, then they would say, you know, they're all silly and fun, but it was, it was cool. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Ozark, I, I didn't, I didn't hate how it ended. You're right. It, you're right. It was a total, total cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. um, but I didn't, I didn't hate how it ended. I, I got a little bit of, of closure. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything just to get a spoiler for anybody. I got a little bit of closure right there in the final scene, but um, but yeah, I, it was it was good. I read that why they did it the way they did it with the separation. A, they wanted kind of to create essentially two separate seasons. Okay. But the, but the way they're doing it is releasing it in January made it available for this year's Emmys, I guess. Uh, and then when course. it comes out, the next seven will be available for next year's Emmys. So they basically got, you know, two new cycles in there. So I, gotcha. I'm guessing that's May or June when they'll release the uh, next seven. <sighs> I figured there was something behind that, right? I mean, that's, we all we all we, we were kind of wondering this before. So. That's some Hollywood ish right there. Yeah. That is uh that's but I'm I mean, I I know it's the end, so I want to get to the end. I want to see how it all plays out. You know? Yeah, me too. 
Hey, speaking of Hollywood, um, I'm not sure how much you can talk about this or how much is actually official or if it's going to be on TV or not on TV, but I saw the post by the ACL about going out to Shamar's place, yeah, Airmail City, for the Pro Invitational. So is that, I mean, obviously it's going to happen. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have uh, you know, posted about it. But, I mean, are we going to broadcast that? I mean, is that legit? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to play out. I That's know awesome. that... That's so crazy that when we were out there talking to them, you know, kind of going through his backyard area, like, you know, where would a broadcast stage be and kind of how yeah. that would work. And so it's, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be out there. Who knows? That, that, that's the thing. I mean, it'd be great if we're all, if we're all out there and can broadcast it again, yeah. for those who don't know, Shamar Moore, uh, from SWAT, uh, the, the CBS hit drama series SWAT, um, and their whole staff, um, really pretty much most of the people who star in that, like David Lim, who we had on the pod podcast, mm -hmm. they're all really good players and play in a league. And Shamar actually has totally blown up his backyard. So he's caught he, and turned it into basically a cornhole only facility. You've seen it. It's called mm -hmm. Airmail City. And apparently now we're going to host, uh, what basically is kind of the cornhole all-star game yep. in, uh, in Shamar's backyard. It's going to be, awesome. be, it's going to be insane time too. sounds like it'll be at the end of the season then, like after the world championship. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's going to be, TBA. yeah. And it's kind of a, you know, it is much more like an all-star game. Like, you know, yeah. you've earned your way there. And I think the, the financial prizes will be different and kind of separate from everything else going on. So it's basically have your game, right. Cornhole players, because you're playing for a right to play in a very special kind of really cool environment. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And the Absolutely. fact that, you know, they're so involved, you know, and they want to make this happen and, you know, having, having someone like that with the influence that they have in that industry kind of yeah. helping push this is really cool. So. Yeah. It's, it's truly amazing. I mean, the more that I read about it and I think you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Gronkowski Gronk, He's a big time cornhole player, sure. and and he's actually I mean in in certain interviews he's joked about trying to go pro and play and play cornhole. I don't yeah. know if he will or not, but uh, but he's a big time player. But uh, that'll be I mean, fun with Shamar and and I tell you what, David, we've talked about this before, but it seems like David Lim uh, has really got a pretty pretty good game. And the guy who we want to get on the show, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him um, or reach I'm out not. to him. But Odie. Is, is it Odie? Yeah. So so is Odie. Is he like the armorist or is he the guy who trains them? Is he like he a former Navy them. SEAL or something he, like that? Uh, I'm not deal? sure what his exact, I mean, I know he was ex-military. He was a, okay. an, he was a police officer for a, a couple of decades in LA. Oh, so wow. He, okay. So he is, you know, there, I, I can't remember what, what title you would give him, but he is their consultant. So he's the guy who trains them so that when they're, when they're clearing rooms and going right and doing everything that, that technically they're performing everything, how they hold their weapons, situations, all, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, and he's a cool guy. He was actually, when we were out there, I got talked into playing. So that was embarrassing, but he was my partner and I really yeah. let him down there at the end. But uh, I remember yeah. we were talking about that. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> well, he's he really would be, cool he would be awesome to have on. Yes. So, I mean, especially in light of, of what happened with the whole Alec Baldwin thing. And I realize I don't think Odie's like an armorist, but still he could speak to sure. how dangerous, how dangerous sometimes maybe these situations are. So absolutely. Yeah. We, we'll, cool. we'll definitely get him on at some point for sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of guests, uh, we'll get to him here in a few minutes, but uh, this week's special guest, good friend of mine, Brandon Noble. Uh, we, we figured that we kind of, you know, mix it up this week and uh, with the Super Bowl being on Sunday, 
Um, we talk a little football, and uh, it just so happens that Brandon's a good friend of mine. He played for the 49ers for a year. He was on the team. He's actually on the practice squad. But then he actually played for the Redskins and for the Cowboys. Never got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Made a little run in the playoffs in 99 with the Cowboys. Um, that's, but, the, that's the Washington Commanders to you, Jeff. Oh, that's right, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to get used to that. I'm too old. Yeah. But, uh, but but Brandon, obviously, even though never played in the Super Bowl, um, knows plenty of guys who have, plenty of friends. Um, he's still really close to Troy Aikman. But uh, but he, he can speak to what you know these two weeks and specifically what this week is like for these players and the pressure that they may or may not be under leading up to the biggest game of their lives on Sunday. Yeah. So, so it'll be fun to talk to him. It's going to be awesome. So. By the way, you know how some people get super excited about the Super Bowl every year, and I do, but I yeah. get a little depressed. I know. It's the, I know it's where, the I last. Know where you're going. It's the last meaningful football game until September, yeah. basically. And I love basketball. I don't love baseball, especially as a TV sport. Baseball is so much fun to go to in person with your friends, you know, and enjoy a beer and a hot dog and just, you know, kind of relax and have a good time. Baseball is great for yeah. that. I just think it's a terrible TV sport. No offense, MLB, but you know, I just I, it doesn't get me through those months. So after basketball season ends, it's a grind for me. And I and you know, in the NBA, I mean, I'm a, I'm from Charlotte, so the Hornets are better this year, but they're not great yet. So you know, yeah. that season's going to end a lot sooner than going into the NBA Finals, which I don't I don't follow as much as I follow college basketball, and that's a disaster this year as a North Carolina fan. So it's this being the last football game, just it hurts. It hurts deep down because as far as meaningful sports go, it's going to be a while. It's going to be I, a I'm while. I'm with you. I've got, I've got three or four buddies and uh, we, we resurrected it this year, but for many, many years, we all got together and went to one game together and just tried to pick you know, a bucket list. Yeah. And this year, this year we ended up going uh, back to Iowa just because it was easy because that's where I'm from and went to the Iowa Penn State game. I told you about that, yeah. uh, which ended up being a great game, really the highlight of Iowa's of Iowa season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but so we all, well, yeah, I mean we're we're all in the same in the same you know bucket as you that that uh, you know <laughs> it's kind of depressing after football. Like how about it last is. weekend? Last weekend was it's like wow, no football. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know just, if I should. I don't know if I should tell you. And, what and I the Pro Bowl is not worth watching to me. No, I didn't watch it all. I, I don't know if I should tell you what I did on Sunday or not. Are you? Are you a theater guy? I'm actually a sure. theater guy. Sure. We went I to had, see Cats. You went to see Cats. Yes, it was here in Charleston. I've never seen it before. And, and the Broadway version, like the travel, like the big time traveling uh, actors from Cats, yeah. were here in town. So Kathy got tickets, and I'm like, sure, what the heck. <laughs> So we went, it was great. It was really, really good. They're really impressive. Have you ever I, seen it? You know anything about I, it? I, I, of course. I, uh, I haven't seen Cats. I always I, the one I haven't seen that I wanted to see. I really, always kind of wanted to see Wicked. I know, I've I never actually seen wanted Wicked. to see Wicked. I haven't I, seen very many of them. I, I saw the, it. I saw Hamilton where they filmed the stage version. Yeah. I didn't see it on stage, and I'm kind of a snob about that sort of thing. I mean, like it's. The traveling stuff is great, but it's still not Broadway. Oh, yeah, of course That not. sounds yeah. awful. I mean, you know, these are the under They're really good, though. I mean, they're, they're really amazing. They're yeah. amazing. They're amazing. But, yeah, it's uh, and it's funny just because I was just up there and listened to all those people talk about it, just kind of eavesdropping and just listening to, you know, because yeah. the theater we were in was amazing, just really grand palatial theater. 
and you know, listening to people talk about stuff and how they would never, ever go see something that wasn't, you know, that wasn't in New York, right? It was Is just like, oh, right. oh yeah. Because, you know, it's, it, it is. Well, we enjoyed it. It was good. Oh, it's I mean, a blast. It, really, it really was. And yeah. the, funny thing, the funny thing was, though, is that speaking of football, so when Kathy told me she got tickets, you know, for a, for a, a Sunday to see Cats at the theater in Charleston, I'm like, Looking it, at my calendar, I'm like, what weekend is that? Is it the Dock Street Theater? Is that where no it was? Football. No, it's at the Performing Arts Center over over attached to uh, the big convention hall that's yeah, yeah, yeah. attached to the uh, Coliseum. Yeah, up in North Charleston. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hamilton's coming here too, so that'll be fun to go you should see. Get, you should definitely see that. Yeah, that, that I'm looking forward good. to that. The guy who plays King George is just the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I've, uh, I've, seen, I've seen it. I've, I've watched it on TV, but yeah. I have not seen it live, so that'll be good. Yeah, right. For for all our theater fans out there, yeah, <laughs> everyone's turning it's, out right now. I, yeah, I can like, just what feel are like they, we have, what are they talking nobody about? left. There's nobody left watching <laughs> what, our show now. What just, are they talking it's about? My, it's my fault. I absolutely just killed it. No, I I actually I, I I've always kind of had an affinity for that. I mean, it takes it's real yeah. talent. Yeah, you know, it really is. So speaking of things that that uh, I like and pull back the curtain. All right, so you and I were talking about this, and we were trying to think of some segments. So tell me if you like this or not. I don't mean to spring this on you, but uh, but what if we did just a little segment and we call it Meet Jeff and Bernie, where I get to ask you any question about your past, you know, your background, whatever, and you get to ask me one. Okay. No, I think it would be funny. I'm kind of a boring person. It doesn't have person. to be ugly. It doesn't no, have to be no. crazy. No, I, I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be, I'd be, it'd be fun. But I mean, after about three or four weeks of it, there's really not much, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a boring guy. Kind of. I don't know. I don't think you are. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many topics. So, I'm, I mean, you know, you know, I'm, you know, you know, the podcast that I listen to and, and, uh, and on many of them, they dive pretty deep into some pretty personal stuff. Yeah. And man, I was thinking I, myself, so I was, so I was, uh, I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, I'm like, God, I'm like, I've known Bernie now for two years, but I, don't really know Bernie. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, a lot of questions and topics I was thinking about. I'm like, huh, I don't know this about him. Yeah. I, I keep people at bay, but yeah, I, you do, you, I you do. have a lot of humor, but like we've talked about humor is your defense. Sure. You're, you're a deep well behind all that. I know you are. Sure. But yeah, I, I, it'd be fun. And it, it'll give all six of our viewers really a personal, you know, insight into us. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> It will be fun. I'm I'm down. I'm all for it. Um. All right. We'll start. We'll start it next week. So I think Brandon's trying to log in. So, uh, while while he's while he's getting logged in, uh, real quick, give me your thoughts on Vegas. Like what? Like what? What are two big thoughts on Vegas this week? Things that you're looking forward to? It's you know it's such a huge weekend in Vegas. I think it's either the first yeah. or the second biggest weekend there, and it's just a whole different vibe. Super Bowl weekend, right? It's just all the all the guys are going to be, you know, it's just all these dudes yeah. are going to be just walking, you know, gambling, having a good time, wearing their jerseys. It's just a whole different vibe. And, you know, it's, it's actually pretty cool. If you're a sports guy, this weekend is so much fun. This weekend and the first weekend of the NCAA tournament are just awesome in Vegas. Yeah. Cause you know, people are going nuts. Everyone's kind of into it. It's a whole, you know, everyone's kind of heightened. Right. It's just yeah. to feel the energy in the city. So it's that's going to be cool. 
obviously from a cornhole perspective, I want to see how some of these rookies that have been playing so well in the open series, how they handle, you know, the, the nationals. Now this is, you know, this is the big step up. This is the big time. Is it just another tournament for those folks mm -hmm. or do they kind of get caught up in it? Right. You know, if, if it does it, is it too much? So I'm interested to see how, see how that plays out. Yeah. And, and after we interviewed Jamie Graham last week, I, I feel like Jamie mentally is right there to yeah. make a huge run. So he, he's kind of my player to watch this weekend. I think we're going to learn about a lot about his mindset and his dedication and what he's done. So I'm looking forward to watching that. So, all right, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, our guest again, special guest this week, since it's a Super Bowl, we figured we'd talk some football. Uh, Brandon Noble is a good friend of mine. He is a uh, all Big Ten defensive tackle at Penn State, was actually part of the 1993-94 season where Penn State went undefeated and actually won the Rose Bowl as well. And then went on to play nine seasons in the NFL with the 49ers and uh, spent a lot of time with the Cowboys and some time with the Redskins as well. And uh, most recently has been an uh, NFL and college football analyst for several different networks. So I would like to introduce you to my good buddy. There he is. Wow, man, the hair. Yes. Brandon Noble. Dang, dude, you still got it going. I love the flow. What's going on? Yeah, you actually got the, <laughs> I got the hat on, man. I mean, it is. It is long. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just, I am super jealous of that. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's, it's very gray. This is, uh, this started pandemic and I just have kind of rolled with it. It's been, it'll be two years in May since I got my hair cut last. So, uh, no I, I've never grown my hair this long. My wife doesn't complain about it. So I'll keep it. You know, I'm definitely doing a trip. Like it's to the point now where some, I own a restaurant. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But like, obviously when you're handling food, like I got a hair in my eye right now. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. But, uh, you know, so you got to keep a hat on or keep it pulled back. And, uh, but yeah, I got, I got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on and it's cold up here in the Northeast right now. So it works. I was going to ask you if Mary Kate likes it. She you does. Like, yeah. Like, look, I mean, look, we've been together the beard for, and everything? For 25 years, right? So a little change up every once in a while doesn't hurt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just took two years to grow my hair out this long. Well, speaking of, speaking of, of the pandemic and dude, it's, it's, uh, I was thinking about this today and it made me sad. I, th I think the last time that you and I had any conversation of any length was probably when I was doing my podcast, right? During COVID, yeah. because you and I were wondering if we were ever going to be able to play football again I mean, yeah, back, yeah, early, yeah. back early by the way but. yeah no it, it's been a while man it's been a while you've been busy doing all the cornhole stuff man yeah I, he has I, I, he's a, he... all the time. I, <laughs> I, I hear your voice i know that guy that's what i tell people I, I know that guy. he's on espn man I know, I know him so i used to i used to work with that guy then he ditched me so uh <laughs> but yeah no no it, it has been yeah it, it's somebody was saying today that it's like this is year three right or whatever it is we're going into here this thing and yeah uh, just about it's hard it's hard to wrap your head around it man i mean it really is but uh you know hopefully knock on wood things will kind of slowly get back to whatever it's going to be i mean if, if you know i mean i'm sure bernie if you're gonna i heard you it sounds like you're gonna be in vegas i don't think anything's changed in vegas from what uh from what i've seen or can tell going <laughs> yeah there, so I was just in New York and it was a very surreal kind of experience in New York. I bet. Just going, if you were going inside anywhere, you know, you had to, you had to have, basically you had to have a booster to go yeah. into a lot of restaurants, not just vaccinated. You had wow. to be boosted. So it was, uh, yeah. it's, it's a very different scene, but I got to ask a question. 
Okay. Okay. For all of us that played sports that never got past high school, how intense is a locker room in college? And then how much does it ratchet up in the NFL? I mean, it it is definitely um, the the pressure is so much greater, right? The further up the ladder you get, right? High school football yeah. is fun. There is obviously, you know, performance anxiety for all those 15, 16, 17-year-olds that run out there on that field on Friday night. I'm a high school football coach now. Um, and uh, it, it, so within that moment, right, it's as big as it gets. But right. the, the further up the ladder you get, um, the the competition obviously uh, it becomes uh, greater, right? And and so it, it, it each one, right? It, it kind of goes, you know, smaller, smaller, smaller. And if you really think about kind of you know high school football, there's you know a million kids that play high school football every year, right. and there's I don't know whatever it is, you know, it gets down to you know maybe a couple thousand that played Division One college mm-hmm. football at the highest level. And then when you get into the NFL, man, there's 32 teams with 53 guys on it. So there's not a lot of cats that are doing that. And the ones that are are pretty damn good. Um, and so it, it's 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 different. It's But you know what, though? The, the funny thing is, is it re- once you get past that, like, first year kind of, of of, man, it's fast or, man, these guys are big or whatever it is, it does eventually just become football again. Um it's just the, the the ramifications are amplified on TV in front of people um, as far as performance goes. And and then in the NFL, right, about keeping your job. I mean, it really, right. you know, I mean, that that's how you that's how you make a living. And there, there's only a handful of guys that really do it um, that ever feel safe. And even the guys that I know that were that were, you know, you know, well-established guys in the league, man. I mean, there's always that point in time where you go, man, am I really, am I going to make this roster? Am I okay here? Do I want to do this? Is this, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. You're, you're at the peak of, of that sport in in the NFL. Like there, there's, like I said, there's only a handful of people that ever do that. So it, it definitely, um, it gets bigger, faster, stronger, more intense, uh, and the pressure to perform is greater and greater because uh, you, it can be taken away from you in a moment, uh, it, it, one one bad day, and, uh, right. and you can never. I, I got a buddy uh, that, that I play with at Penn State that was uh, um, in the NFL for two years, three years, and was like one game short of his pension, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and not because he was and he was a, he was a quarterback, um, and not because he wasn't even playing right, but it was just like a numbers thing, and they had to let him go, and he never made it back on a squad again. You know, oh, and geez. it just it, it happens like that. You know, and it's huh. all right. I have to test my own college football knowledge. So you played at Penn State. Yep. 93 94 you were on that squad I was on the yeah I was on the 94 team that went to the Rose Bowl yeah was that the was Kajana Carter the running back then yep how about that Jeff take it <laughs> I'm impressed it, it is it, oh it just never goes away it, it, I'm I, will impressed. Be able to, I will be able to remember stuff like that over my own name <laughs> in 10 years I guarantee yeah that's fine. yeah that, that was a, that was a special football team that was a, a unique uh one of those really cool experiences that you get to when you get a group of guys like that that, uh, yeah. that are so talented and it just kind of clicks, 
um, and uh, and to watch it go. Playing defense, I was on the other side of the ball, so we were kind of the the redheaded stepchild of that group. And uh, <laughs> but to watch, you know, Kerry Collins and Kajana Carter and Kyle Brady and Bobby Ingram and like the entire offense played in the NFL for for years. Yeah. All right, um, you know. I got I got a story for you then. Awesome, Jeff. Jeff you're gonna love this. Stacy Moore, who's our commissioner with the ACL used to live on the street in Charlotte when Kerry Collins was with the Panthers. And there was a party at our buddy of ours house who lived across from my buddy, Stacy. And Stacy came out that night and Kerry Collins was passed out on the hood of his car. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him like that too. So, well, I went to college with him. Yeah. yeah. We had a good, we had a good time too. You know, there, there was, uh, there was definitely uh, beyond being very good at football. Uh, we were very good at a handful of others. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a part I of get it. It's a part of it. The, 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 that, that culture, right, you know, that, that's what you do. You know, you go out, you have a couple beers after the game. Obviously, the older you get, the, the you try to lessen it, right? Going back sure. to your original question, Bernie, right, you know, when, when you do get into the NFL um, and it very much becomes a job, a lot of guys have wives and kids and families and, so it is, you go to work in the morning and you go home at night and, and that's that, you know, it's not like college where you, you know, after the game, it's like everybody throws in their $7 and you go buy three kegs of Natty Light and, uh, <laughs> and you, you figure out whose house you're going to put it at. Pe- people, hold on. people stop doing that? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is is that just me? My, my wife found on that one, definitely. <laughs> definitely. She was a, she was a trooper at Penn state when we did it. But, uh, once we started having kids, that was, that was awful. That was no, no, no natty light at the house. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Well, Hey, uh, before we get too much into the Super Bowl, just because you brought it up, uh, last week we had Jamie Graham on the show and Jamie, I, I don't know how much you get a chance to watch all the cornhole broadcasts, but Jamie was the 2020 world champion, former number one. I mean, he's, he's one of the top guys in the sport. And it's interesting, Brandon, because even though it's cornhole, you know, these players like you, like you and I were emailing back and forth, these players have been thrust into the spotlight of national TV on ESPN and CBS Sports Network and, and uh, on, on NBC. And it's interesting. And I think you could probably you, you'd be a good guy to speak to this. Something that keeps coming up and it did last week with Jamie was how difficult like they're trying to deal with with the pressure of of success. You know, I think I think when you're coming back, you know, when when you don't have a lot of expect, expectations, you're coming back from injury, whatever, and and not a lot is is expected of you. I don't think there's as much pressure, but I feel like when you win at a high level like you have and like some of these players have, that pressure is a lot for them to deal with. So, I mean, like you were just talking about a couple minutes ago, when you get to the NFL, it's not just the pressure of playing in the NFL. I mean, you're trying to you're trying to make a living for your family. So, yeah. how do you how did how did you deal with and how do you guys deal with that? at an NFL level of, of dealing with success and dealing with that pressure. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that it's sometimes harder to deal with success than it is failure. I mean, it really is. It, it's um, and it, and it's, you know, the, with that, with all of the success comes more and more pressure because the expectations yeah. get higher and higher. And, and that, that is hard because eventually you're gonna, you're gonna, Fall is not the right word, right? But you're going to fail. You're going to lose. You're going to do whatever's going to happen. At some point, you're going to stop. For football, you stop playing because you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then dealing with all that is is difficult. But but I, I think that you have to, you know, again, I, I, I am terrible at cornhole. I will just go ahead and say that right now. Um, but, uh, you know, you hit that sweet spot when you've had just enough beer where it works and then it goes away. 
Um, <laughs> and, and so it's like darts and pool for me. Um, yep. So, but, but when you're, when you're, when you're playing well and you can, it's not the, it's not the actual competition where it's an issue, right? It's the lead up to the competition. And then it's, it's the backside of the competition, whether you won or lost. Right. So, so how do you deal with those moments, right? How do you deal with the pressure of being the person on top every week and knowing that everyone wants you to lose, you know, for a lot, and not always everyone, right? Your mom and your, your sister, <laughs> well, my sister probably wanted me to lose every once in a while, but, but you know, your, your family wants your success, right? But everybody wants to knock that champion off. Yeah. So when you get to that point, it's really the moments leading up to the competition, uh, whether it's, you know, again, you know, for football, right. It's, it's, it's your practice week and the stress of dealing with all the new things that you have to deal with that week and then going out and, and, and running out of that tunnel. Um, but once you go play now, I'm just playing, right? So there, there is no, it's all gone at that point. And then it's, how do you deal with whatever happened after the after the game, right? Did you win? Did you lose? Did you play well? Those things. And then how do you put yourself back together the next week to go do it again, right? You know, yeah. depending on what the what what the outcome was. Because, um, you know, it, it, at Penn State, the, the level of the expectations of winning um, was huge, especially coming off of a, a 12-0 season and, and having that great year. And then coming back the next year and being 9-3, and three, right? And that wasn't satisfactory. Uh, and then the next year, my senior year, we went 11 and two, right? So you kind of go up and down and then, and you have to deal with that. And, and it's, it's difficult, but it's very good for you um, because there's, you know, life is ups and downs, right? You know, marriage, mm -hmm. is up and down. fatherhood is up and down, right? So yeah. like, if you can do those things, if you can play football, you can, you can, you know, it makes, it, you can put those things in perspective, but it really is the, the moment of competition. It's usually not a big deal. Right. It's right. those moments right before competition or right after the right. results are, are, are tossed in that you mentally got to deal with. And it's all mental. I mean, it really is. Even football, which is as, as physical uh, a game as you can play. It really is the mental side of things that, that differentiates between winning and losing and being successful and having a long career uh, or, yeah. or flaming out. You know how you handle it upstairs is everything. So, all right. So if I'm hearing you right, so when you're, when you know that one of these big moments is coming up, the preparation, you know, the week of preparation and the hard work kind of helps you prepare for it. But then, but then you still have that mental hurdle on game day to get over. So, so do you remember like what, what you specifically would do like to calm yourself down or to help yourself mentally to try and, to try and like, like when you're playing the Rose Bowl, like, like, do you remember trying to talk yourself down or what you would say to yourself? What, what's your self-talk like on days like that? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of you have a routine, right? And and everybody does. You know, look, I'm a, I'm a football coach now, and I have a routine going into a, into a Friday night game, you know, and, and how yeah. I'm going to handle it, um, you know, mentally. And and a lot – and, and that's, what, that's what the superstition is, right? People joke about superstitions, and they really don't mean anything. It's just putting yourself in a comfortable space. Right. Like you have some control over what you're doing right then and there. So like for me, like when I when I would go to a game and I'm not, you know, not necessarily the Rose Bowl, it's usually the NFL. Right. You get you're getting because because I can remember it. The Rose Bowl was a long damn time ago. Um, <laughs> and I hit my head many times in between here and there. And so uh, so so. It's, but but like you, you go to the game. Right. And for me, it was like, look, I was going to wear the, the same T-shirt. Right. It didn't mean anything, but I was going to wear the same T-shirt. 
and I was going to show up at the game at a certain time before the game. Like I was an early guy. I wanted to be there for the minute the locker room door opened. I wanted to go in there. I wanted to be able to take my time and get my ankles taped and go in and get stretched and joke around a little bit and watch some TV. And then you kind of start to settle down and, you know, put, put your, you know, you put your, your pads in a certain way, you put your socks on a certain way. You, you do all these little things, right. That, that, that mentally help you start calming down and getting ready to prepare for, for what's about to happen. And again, it's not superstitious, it's not that, Hey, if I don't put my right sock on before my left sock, I'm going to play a terrible football game. It's if I put my right sock on and then my left sock on, and then I you know pull my pants up or whatever it is, um, you know, that's going to mentally, I'm controlling everything that's happening and it allows me to be comfortable going into that moment that's going to be really, really stressful. And it's usually just that pregame moment, right? It's that run out of the tunnel. Because really, at the yeah. end of the day, the thing that calms you down the most in football is getting smacked in the face. Hit. Right? The first time I go get hit, the first time I pop somebody, then I'm just playing ball. Then I'm six years old again. I'm eight years old. I'm 10, whatever it is. It's just football. But, it's, it's again, it's those moments leading up to it that, that you need to figure out how to handle that anxiety or stress or nervousness or whatever it is. And that's where those little superstitions come in. Um, and some guys are crazy with it. Some guys aren't. You know, some guys will say they don't have them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember any that I had. But uh, there was definitely a flow to my pregame that allowed me to feel good going into the game. It's, yeah, it's, well, the difference – sorry, sorry, Brandon, just one more thought on that. It's, yeah. It sounds like the difference between superstitions versus routine. I think, I think yeah. what you're saying – I think what you're saying, the most important thing is just keeping whatever your routine is, just keeping that normal. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly right. But, you know, yeah. it, those things over time turn into what people would consider a superstition. There's a guy, a quick story, Johnny Randall, who played in the NFL for a long time, was a defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, Hall of Famer. I mean, just an absolute creature, right? And and John, my D-line coach in Dallas, coached John in Minnesota. I met John a couple times, awesome guy. But, like, he had this whole thing that he did from the time he got – into the field, into the stadium, right? This whole thing. And so Andre Patterson, who's my D-line coach, was up there. And I don't know what he did, right? I, I think he I think he might have touched John, right? And 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 John like started screaming and freaking out. And this whole thing, right? And this is like Andre's like first or second game up there. And literally Randall did the entire thing backwards. Like he rewound it and then went back into oh it. I'm talking like this was Gosh. like a time commitment, right? Like this was not yeah. like, yeah. like a five minute thing or a two minute thing. This was a like this is going to take me 15, 20 minutes and and did it all backwards, like literally walked through it backwards. Um, and Andre obviously never touched him again before the game, but uh, <laughs> but, but some guys have those things that become superstitions. And again, but it is basically you know it's just a routine. It's funny you say that because with our players, I've seen a few of them that are kind of frustrated high school athletes. And what I mean by that is they may have played basketball, they may have played football. And those games, while you do have your routine and while you do have to kind of get in a certain mental frame of mind, you still have to get amped up physically. You have to be up, ready to perform a physical game with physical contact. And I see some of our players kind of wanting to get like that. And I talk to them. I'm like, you know, maybe you should think of it in terms of golf. 
well, golf is stupid. I don't want to play. It's like, you're not hitting anybody. Right. You know, all that extra energy mm-hmm. that you're trying to bring up and trying to use that might actually get in your way. And yeah. You know, Absolutely. And, and so maybe try to think, but you still need the routine. I think yep. the routine's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I'm the worst at stuff like that because I've got the attention span. Uh, I, I don't know of, of, of a blade of grass, maybe. I don't know. But like, but those routines are. It allows you to be nervous without concentrating on being nervous. That's a, that's a great. That's the best way to put it, right there, Barney. A hundred percent. And and it, and it is. You know, watching watching cornhole, playing cornhole again, kind of. You know. I, and jokingly, there's that sweet spot, right, when you've got just a good enough buzz where, like, it all just kind of flows. But it, but it is doing the same thing over and over again in, in a certain pattern, right? It is similar to golf or hitting a baseball. Yeah. It's very much a skill set. But for football, it, there are some similarities there because in football, it's all about your footwork, really. And, and so, like, I always remember, right, like, if I was having a tough time, I, during a football game, like if I, I was I was getting blocked or I was having a tough time doing something, I would always just say, take your first step, right? If you take a good first step, everything else usually works itself out. And it's as simple as that, right? It's literally just and, – and that step has to be very much – and that's where there are some similarities between sure. the, the, the skill set type sports like cornhole or golf or, or hitting a baseball – and football, where it's like that first step needs to be the same every time. Interesting. Absolutely. And if I'm not taking it the right way, I'm going to be messed up, right? And so, so it would always that that's what I was always like. Hey, if I was having a tough time, if I was having a bad game, just take a deep breath. Make sure we're taking our first step. As you take, if you put your foot where it's supposed to go, nine times out of ten, you're going to be all right. But it, it it is it's it's difficult to put yourself in that position over and over and be able to calm yourself down. Um, and, and have, you know, that, that's why some guys are great and some guys aren't, you know, that's why some guys are up and down and some guys aren't right. If, if I can, if I can mentally control myself and say, Hey, take that first step, right. Or whatever it is when I'm throwing that bag, right. You know, that that's how you become great at something. The ability to recognize what's wrong and then correct it in a very simple manner. I, I have to ask this question. I've always wanted to know, are quarterbacks really that important to a football team from a leadership perspective? Oh, I was just going to say in general, absolutely not. I hate them all. Um, but uh, I'm just kidding. I, I love football. Uh, I'm a defensive lineman. I, yeah, so I, I was going to say. Yeah. You know, honestly, you know, Bernie, because of the way that the game goes, yes, um, they're, they are very important in, in the decisions that they make, the understanding of what's going on out there. They do not have to be the alpha dog in the locker room, though. Um, and sometimes, honestly, it's it's again, you know, the NFL and, and college locker rooms too um, are very much split, and not in a bad way, right? But like offensive, defense, and they're they're two different animals, right. um, completely. The way that you kind of approach football, um, but but I do think you know a, a quarterback, the great quarterbacks have a tendency to also be um, very good leaders. Uh, and, and that is an important skill set to have because at the end of the day, you touch the ball every play, you make the decisions every play. And unfortunately, a lot of the success or failure of a football team depends on what you do with that football. Right. Um, and so, yeah, is it is it the end all be all? No. Um, and there are usually a lot of guys in the locker room that are, that are leaders in some way, shape or form. And I've been around some quarterbacks that are absolute jackasses that, that couldn't lead anybody. Right. Um, and, and, you know, even the good ones, 
Uh, but, you know, it, it definitely take, if, if you've got the one, though, that is good and is also a good leader, um, they're the ones that, that take you places, you know. And, and, a, and a lot of it is, too, is, you know, how do they work? How tough are they? Um, you know, toughness goes a long way in a locker room and quarterbacks have a bad rap anyways. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so, so uh, you know, a quarterback that will hang out with a lineman um, that will, you know, that will will take a shot, will mess around, you know, isn't a prima donna. Um, that that all goes a long ways, and it is important. It, it, it's better if he is a leader than if he isn't a leader. But at the end of the day, um, you, you don't necessarily have to have that guy be um, the the absolute end all be all leader in the locker room to be successful. And on the flip side of that, I guess is if they're not, they can probably be the easiest to divide a locker room. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, would, I would just think if you've got an asshole, right, that's not performing well but then wants to blame everybody else, I would imagine that locker room is not a fun place to be. No, and I, I unfortunately caught a few of those guys when I was with the Cowboys um, after Troy Aikman left. We kind of went through the process of, of between Aikman and, and um, Romo, you know, that, that process of, of mm. filling that, that spot. The, the Cowboys didn't do a great job. And then some guys were great guys, but they just weren't good leaders or they weren't good enough. Um, and then some guys were just complete pricks, you know, and then and, and it was and, and it was exactly what you said. Right. It was it was always somebody else's fault, um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll use I'll use Ryan Leaf as an example because Ryan's really turned his life around. And and uh, and we had Ryan in, in Dallas for a couple of weeks and he was he sat next to me on the airplane. I, for some reason, on the airplane had the revolving door seat. Right. Like there was there was. <laughs> There was always a new guy next to me, usually, and uh, and and so I, like, I remember getting on the plane. We just lost to the Giants, and we had played our we played great. Like I think we were up like twenty-one to seven going into halftime. We ended up losing, and I, I feel like Ryan turned the ball again. This was a while ago. Turned the ball over a few times in some very inconvenient places for us, um, right. and we ended up losing the football game. And I remember him getting on the on the plane. And bitching about other things, you know what I mean? And I and I'm sitting there like, dude, you threw an interception, you know, on the four yard line, and I had to go out there and play ball, you know what I mean? And, and so, yeah. so, and 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 again, I, I'm using Ryan because I think he's the kind of guy that that now has has really done a great job of turning his life. He, Ryan went to hell and back, man, and, right. and I don't envy anything that he's gone through. Um, but but he came out on the other side all right, which I'm I'm, I'm happy for him. But that, he's a guy that you know just because everybody kind of knew. You know, anybody that follows football knows his story and how he acted, right? There's a guy that wasn't a great leader, wasn't a great locker room guy, had all the talent in the world, yeah. right? but wasn't able to ever really put it together. Um, and thankfully, like I said, he, he he hit rock bottom and bounced back, and, and he's done a great job since then. But uh, but we had a handful of those guys, and it was rough. I mean, it was it – was, it's rough. I, I had more than I care to admit in, in Washington, <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. So would I have been a good leader? Would I have been a good quarterback since as a play-by-play -play guy, I would take you out for dinner before our broadcast? Absolutely. 100%. No <laughs> Jeff takes that. you out to dinner? <laughs> what? I, I might have bought his dinner once. We went to a couple <laughs> sports bars. I think I bought you some cheese curds. Yeah, yeah probably some cheese curds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we shared a few dunkles. We did, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, the uh, little, you know. Pittsburgh, Kansas, or wherever the hell we were. <laughs> that, that was. I think that was the last game that we broadcast was, was the Junior College National Championship game it, on CBS. It was. It was right before the world ended, too, I think, if I recall correctly. So, uh, yeah. 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 Pittsburgh, Kansas, 
that's cold one right there. Yeah. I don't recommend that place. Well, hey, un- unfortunately, unlike unlike my last podcast, where we could we could spend two hours talking, we only got uh, we only got about five minutes left. So I do want to get wow. to this. I know. So I do want to get to the Super Bowl a little bit. So, so we we were talking earlier in the podcast about the pressure that you guys deal with on a daily basis, just to stay in the league and and uh, support your families and everything. So, all right. So, I, I, again, I, I realize you didn't play in the Super Bowl, but bringing that up. I appreciate it. But, yeah, way to go, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I owe you another dunkle. Yes. So, all right. So what what is this? You obviously talk to a lot of these guys and know what they go through. So what I mean, what is this week like for them? You talk about routine, but I mean, it, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that you have two weeks off. Does that hurt the routine? I mean, you talk about pressure and sleepless nights. I mean, what do these guys deal with before before Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I can't imagine that you sleep at all the night before the game. Um, but but you yeah. know the, that two that two week kind of window there, you know, from from talking to the guys, especially in Dallas, there were a lot of holdovers from those those teams that went to the Super Bowl many many times and won them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they did a lot of very bad things, uh, you know, that, that I'm not going to talk about here in these next <laughs> five minutes. Um, but next next podcast, right, yeah, exactly. That's a whole different podcast. Um, but, <laughs> but the. But really, really, it was about you, you kind of had this like week of preparation, right? And you wanted to get everything done, right? You wanted to make sure all your tickets were taken care of, your family's travel was taken care of, everything was taken care of, right? So that mm-hmm. once you got there, right, it was football, right? And I got there and I got back into the routine, right? I, I, I whatever that, that routine is for me as a team, as a player, right? My, my Monday do my Monday routine, my Tuesday routine. I mean, football is, is a, it's a, it's six days to get ready for three hours. And, and you really do want to do things the exact same way. And again, that's comfortable. That's what you want. So that's why all the other stuff has to get taken care of before you get there. Right. I mean, like Mm -hmm. that was the big thing that I remember those guys talking about over and over and over again was making sure that family travel, family or all that stuff was done before you before you even thought about taking off and getting ready and preparing because that's where the stress and the anxiety came from, right? It wasn't practicing. It was, you know, the game would 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 get would you get there. But at the end of the day, it was all the other stuff that was going to go on with all the people that wanted to come and that were going to come and your family and your parents and, and how are you going to get tickets and, and like all that stuff. Getting that taken care of was was the thing that that most guys, a majority of those guys talked about like was the most stressful part of the whole thing, um, which is crazy. And the other thing that I learned is you don't ever want to sit your wife next to your girlfriend. <laughs> it's never a good idea, ever. Not a good just, idea. Wouldn't Not it be nice idea. if they just got along? Yeah, that's was, that was a piece of advice that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Somebody's obviously done that. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it, it really, you know, and it was. And look, I'll just use, you know, I'll go back to Penn State playing in a bowl game. Joe Paterno would take us out two weeks early. Right. And it was kind of the opposite. Right. He would take us out a week before bowl week started and would kick the shit out of us for for six days. Mm -hmm. Right. We'd have two days and we absolutely get buried. Right. But we would do all of our prep that week. And then we'd have a little break for Christmas, um, which was literally like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And then bowl week would start. And then it was just routine. But it also the other thing it did is it allowed you to enjoy the bowl week because you knew you got your work in the week before. Right. So it took the stress right. off of it. And so now when I'm going to play the Fiesta Bowl, or I'm going to play the Rose Bowl. Um, I, I know I've done the work. I can I can have a little bit more fun closer to the game. 
um, because I did the work beforehand. I feel like the Super Bowl is a little bit the opposite of that, right? They try and get everything done that the the two weeks before, and then once they get to the Super Bowl, it's kind of get dialed in, have a normal week of practice leading up to the game. All right. How much time do we have, Jeff? I really want to know this question. If, Go ahead. We got, we got like a minute left. All right. Does it help if there's the one player on your team that the press just loves and they can kind of deal with all that stuff and it allows everyone else to prepare, get the game plan down, not have to worry about the hassle of the rest of it? It, it definitely helps if there are a couple guys that are the focal point for the rest of the guys. Right. Um, that, that have to kind of deal with that because then you don't have to worry about it. If if you're again, it's it's, it's another distraction. And Bernie, it's a, it's a cliche, but football yeah. players, football coaches hate distractions, and they really do. I mean, it really is a pain in the ass. You don't want to deal with it. So you know, you you you, you want your two or three guys that are your media guys to, to that's what they do. That's what they're used to. Yeah. Let them go do that. Uh, let the rest of us prep for the game and, and get ready to go play. All right, Brandon. Thirty seconds left. What do you What do you think with uh, Bengals Rams? I mean, oh, Joe Burrow. Man. It's un- unbelievable, but but I, I mean, I I love Matt Stafford's story too. Ah, uh, thirty seconds is not long enough, Jeff, to do any of that. But <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I if, not my if, call. Here's the Here's the deal. If the Bengals offensive line can hold up against the Rams defensive line a little bit in the run game, and then keep Joe Burrow on his feet, the Bengals can beat him. I, Joe Burrow to me is an incredible story. I love watching the guy play. The guy just wins. Um, on the other side of it, same thing, right? You know, you know, can the Rams D line get after him? Can they can they dominate the football game? Then I think the Rams win the game. But but if that offensive line can hold up, if they can give Burrow time, if they can let Mixon run the ball a little bit, um, I think I think it could be a great football game. I love the Stafford story, but man, I really want to see Joe Burrow win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, brother, thank you so much for your time. I, yeah. I appreciate it. And and great to catch up and great to see you again and tell the family I said hi. Absolutely. Do the same. Bernie, this was fun. Appreciate it. It's a blast, man. Thank you so much. I will uh, come on anytime. I drank one beer. I was pretty good. And uh, I'm going to go drink another one. I'll join Dunk- you next time for sure. Yeah, dunkle, dunkles for all of us next time. <laughs> exactly. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Talk to you next week.